Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Today, I wanted to talk about something that has kind of, you know, it's, it's been on my mind for a while. I was, I've been talking to a couple people, uh, new grads, people who are getting ready to finish nursing school about their journey and, you know, how, if they're prepared and all of these other things. And one of the things that was very prevalent and common in their conversation was their concern with working with the interdisciplinary team, how they'll communicate, because many of the programs, because they've been changed because of what's been happening with COVID, not really being able to be in that clinical environment, everything is simulation. They've also lost some of that team member contact. Along with that contact, you know, comes lessons of communication, delegation, and a bunch of other things. And I want to hone in a little bit on delegation right now. Now, while I've been a nurse for quite some time, I'm accustomed to delegation now. I've been a bedside nurse. I'm now an advanced practice nurse. I've been a part of leadership. And quite frankly, teamwork makes the dream work. But you got to be able to communicate effectively. You have to understand people's roles. And you have to remove any type of barriers that might be in the way from people being able to do their jobs. So I wasn't always like that. Not at all. I was actually thinking back to one of my earlier experiences as a new grad, you know, feeling all of this pressure that I need to impress my new manager, my colleagues. I didn't want to ask for help because I also didn't want to reveal what it is I didn't know and didn't really know how to do or I didn't want them to think I didn't know how to manage my time. So I tried to do everything myself and I probably missed the boat several times with the opportunity to delegate and, you know, which caused me a lot of angst and anxiety, probably delayed things for my patients. And I think that's a very important topic that we need to get into. So our guest that's joining us today, she is going to really help us better understand the importance of delegation. And, you know, we'll talk about how prevalent it is in nursing. Uh, most nurses don't have a basic understanding of what proper delegation truly entails. You know, and it's been linked to inadequate training and education, and it really results in feelings of unpreparedness, and you can feel a lack of confidence there. And there are definitely barriers that can get in the way of those things. So our guest who is going to be joining us, that's going to help us break down this topic and leave us with some tips and some tools and let us know how we can get involved in furthering the research of this. Joining us today, we have Kayla Hardin. She is in a dual MSN DNP adult gero and acute care nurse practitioner program, currently conducting her DNP research project on acute care nurses' attitudes and perceptions towards delegation to nursing assistant personnel. Her past experiences in cardiac and stroke units, wound care, and nursing management have inspired her to conduct research and investigate novel ways to support the nursing workforce and identify effective ways to reduce nursing stress. So please welcome to the show, Kayla Harden. Hey, I'm really good. How are you? Good. Very excited. Glad to have you. Thank you so much. 
So Kayla, I mean, yeah. first of all, congratulations on, you know, advancing your education. Love and support uh, more nurses going back for their advanced degrees because, you know, I think nurses are the heartbeat of healthcare. We're going to advance our healthcare system and make a lot of changes. Now, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? How did you come about selecting this particular topic of delegation to nursing assistant personnel? It's a good question. And thank you so much for having me. So the inspiration for this project started about a year ago in March 2020. And I wanted to work on a topic that would be meaningful to the nurses of America. And I also needed to find a topic that had enough background so that I could really delve into the research that's already been out there and really make something of it and move forward with that. Um, I, so I reached out to about 45 or so different nursing leadership organizations, um, uh, regulating bodies, individuals, and I wanted to see what was on their mind, what was on the forefront of what they would find meaningful. And of course, COVID was one of the first things they said, and they also mentioned uh, nursing mental health. Now, COVID being brand new, it wasn't really an area I could really springboard off of since there was still not enough data. We were still trying to figure out what was going on. So I chose uh, nursing mental health specifically nursing stress. It's a problem that we all know about. It's been around for forever. And we've done all these interventions to try and address it, but it's still here. And so my question was, well, we've done all these things, but we're, it's still here. So what are we missing? What, what more can we do to perhaps address nursing stress in a more, a new way? And, um, I did some more research and I found that, you know, there is a, there is healthy stress and there is detrimental stress. And, you know, we always, we like healthy stress. That's great. It keeps this going in the morning. Uh, but the problematic side of stress causes burnout and depression and jobs, dissatisfaction, uh, suicide even, and so much more that's really bad for the nursing workforce. And looking at really what we had done in the past, we were restricted by the way that the healthcare system is structured. So COVID has really changed the way the healthcare system works and operates and how we even approach it. And so now would be a great time to go to get in there and get some systematic changes going. And so I think that would be a great time now to, now is the time to get in there and implement new ways to support the nursing workforce. And I'm thinking that that would be best with adjusting how hospitals staff. I think that, yes, it's a big approach, but now is the perfect time to do that. Now, that is a huge, huge topic to address. And being in school, I've got a very limited timeline. So I needed to create something that was feasible for the time restraints that I have and with the limited resources that I have as a nursing student. I looked at what, what resources we currently have the nursing assistants, so NAPs or CNAs or NAs, and they're there, they're out there and we have them, but the data says that we're not utilizing them very well. And the data also says though, that they are a fantastic resource to help reduce the workload stress, help get patient care uh, disseminated and delivered and reduce our stress overall and really get us through the day. So I wanted to see, well, shoot, I mean, they're underutilized, but they're fantastic resources. What's, what's up with that? And so I'm looking at the attitudes and preparedness of nurses towards delegation to NAPs. And I want to see where are we right now, because this would be a fantastic springboard for the future research of adjusting the staffing and really getting the bigger problem, the bigger picture. But I need to start somewhere. And so I think to know what's going on here at this, like what's the temperature, I think that will be a fantastic foundation with whatever this study that I'm doing results in that will help me build upon for future research. Great, because... <laughs> I think this is the best time, right? When there's been so many changes, let, let's get in there and let's restructure everything. And I think nurses 
definitely the the folks to do it. I mean, we yeah. have the largest segment of the healthcare workforce, staff nurses, nurses at the bedside. We have nurses in leadership. We have them doing advanced practice. Though. So, I mean, nurses are very equipped and skilled and trained to be leaders in healthcare. And so I'm excited to see many of the changes that will come after all of this chaos with COVID. And I used to be a CNA. I'm, you know, I started my, my, my nursing career. I mean, basically literally right out of high school, I became a nursing assistant. And that's how I knew for sure that I wanted to do new nursing. Now it's a tough job, but I, having been a CNA, I truly appreciate so much all of the things that CNAs can do. And I'll be honest, I definitely underutilized CNAs uh, many times. And, you know, although I worked with them, there were opportunities where I missed to delegate something to them, which could then free me up as the nurse to do something else for another patient. So if it's okay, go ahead and get into that. So let's identify the barriers. We know that nursing assistants are there. They're important part of of staff, the team, but we don't utilize them as much as we should. Is it because nurses don't fully understand the CNA role? Are there other barriers in place? Or is it what I identified earlier, like a fear of of delegating something to someone for fear that I might look inadequate? I mean, can you help break down some of the reasons we're not delegating appropriately? It's a factor of all of those things, actually. Uh, The research says that there are, I mean, so of all the research that I've done, I've kind of boiled it down to three topics, which does include what what you've stated. There's an educational or training deficit, you know, either in the formal education programs, it's not emphasized as much, or when you're out there in the field working, uh, the reoccurring, those frequent trainings, uh, they're not readily available or as frequent as they should be. There's no way to really gauge how currently people are prepared in their delegation skills. So there's no way to really improve upon that right now. Um, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a priority. Uh, the second would be that there is a lack of understanding in, in the scope of practice with NAPs and delegation. So me as an RN, I understand my scope of practice. As an NAP, I, I I understand what they do, but now where does delegation fit into that? How does that all work together? And I think that stems from reading, understanding what the Nurse Practice Act for your state and your policies at your facility say and where, and that that will help connect the dots as to what you can and cannot delegate to a nurse assistant. And then thirdly, it's the um, communication skills. And that also really blends with the attitude like, I, I, I feel like I'm lazy if I, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'll be perceived as being lazy if I delegate or like you said earlier, I'm afraid to let them know that I, I don't know something or if I try and delegate it, you know, that's going to make me look like I'm inadequate, but um, it's really the opposite is um, another thing is um, control, you know. Hello, my name is Kayla. I'm a control freak. I love control. And I admit it. And, you know, as as a personal experience, I did not delegate when I first became a new RN. And it's not good. It is not helpful to you or the patient or anybody. And um, there is a lot of data that shows that nurses like to retain control. I think that's kind of the nature of the job, too. This is your domain, your patient. But uh, you got to relinquish some of that control in order to really get a, a good, you know, patient care situation going on. I'm glad you mentioned that because well, I'll say that's my patient. Like we really take ownership. So that's a good thing because we really, we really invest and take stake into what we're doing and the people we're taking care of. But I think sometimes to a little bit of a fault, right? Like you said, but teamwork does really make the dream work. And so you identified some, some of the reasons why we don't do the delegation. Now there are, if I can flip the coin a little bit here, there's some people 
who delegate, delegate, delegate all day. Yeah. And actually, sometimes I've actually heard conversations in passing saying, oh, I'm the CNA. I can't do that. Those type of things. On the flip side of that, are there situations where maybe nurses delegate too much? Because you mentioned that you know, there is a lack of education with delegating. Have there been any harmful things or bad things that have happened out of that? Uh, to address the first part about if there's any pushback, like from the CNA or, or anything like that, I think that the main, the main purpose of delegation, it's not just a task list that you're dropping off at the CNA and you say, okay, do these things, come back to me, whatever. Um, it's really, it's a critical analysis of what's going on with the situation. There's a whole bunch of factors. They're actually, it's similar to the five rights of medication. There are the five rights of delegation. The uh, NCSBN and the ANA actually put out some publication about that. Super great to remember, and I'll, I can tell you about that in a bit. But uh, to understand where the CNA is coming from as a nurse assistant to the NAP, um, there is part, one of the five rights of delegation is the right person. So when you're delegating a task, you got to make sure that the NAP, the CNA is uh, experienced in this task. You're not just giving them something that they've never done before uh, because that wouldn't be appropriate. Uh, perhaps perhaps it actually is not an appropriate task to give to the NAP. And so they are rightfully saying, I'm sorry, that's a no-go zone. I can't do that um, or something like that. And if and if there is some type of a discussion, if, if there is some type of you know pushback, it's, it's really important for, as a team to talk to each other and say, okay, What's, tell me what's going on from your end. Let's see what we can do. Um, if it is because it's an experience, a lack of experience, you know, we'll have to address that. If it's something that maybe the CNA is uh, unsure of something, th there's a lot of communication that goes on. And I think that could be where there be, might be pushback. Um, and let's be honest, we have a lot of, especially with COVID, we've seen a lot of movement of different people in different hospitals, in different situations, having to take on new tasks. It can be a scary time, but perhaps it's, you know, it's good that the the CNA is speaking up because we yeah. wouldn't want to delegate a task to someone who isn't familiar with how to do it. Because at the end of the day, it's about patient safety and patient outcomes. I mean, we're all working together for, right. for that. Now, I have a, a question. I recall having done some travel and some per diem and registry work, I've been able to, you know, kind of float around to a couple of hospitals, right? I think what nurse hasn't worked kind of moonlit somewhere else. Yeah. But some organizations I have seen where the CNAs are allowed to do things like blood sugars and other places they're not. So I'll be honest, sometimes it can be really confusing to know what I can delegate, what I can't delegate. And I can't, I can only imagine that that might be contribute to some of the hesitancy that some of my colleagues have with delegation. Uh, have you seen much of that happening? I personally have not. I, I guess I had the fortune or the misfortune, how you look at it. I worked at one hospital for most of my beginning of my nursing career, and then I switched out, and then now I'm a full-time student. So I'm uh, that, that's all I knew. But I do understand that certain different settings have different little tweaks to how nurse assistants can do or can't do certain things with their scopes of practice. Um, I think that found baseline, whatever, wherever you go, you need to check to see what your facilities rules are, what, what they, how they define the nurse assistant's role. Um, I think that um, also a, an, the second most important source is that state's Nursing Practice Act. Those two sources will set you straight and you'll know exactly what you need to do. And then you can always ask your boss or your management at your hospital or your facility. But those generally will be the two places that you can check. Because you're right. And I think it's really important to keep that in mind when you do go to new places, because there are very small variations wherever you go just to keep people on their toes, of course. I know you mentioned that you're a full-time student. You're working on your project. Uh, can we start to maybe tap into a little bit more about 
other things that your research has found and what you're targeting with your project? Yeah, so the research does say that it is an important skill. Delegation is crucial. It's a fundamental nursing skill um, and that nurses actually also report that they understand this and they, that they know that delegation is like one of the top 10 things you got to know as a nurse to be an experienced, competent, to be a competent nurse. However, when you see it in practice, that's not always the case. Sometimes there's a disconnect, there's hesitancy between when they have an opportunity to delegate, they don't actually jump on it and take it because it seems that there's this educational, there's this gap. They know it, but they don't actually practice it. And so the research says that educational interventions, perhaps CEU programs or trainings would be very important and beneficial to kind of get people back on the same page because everyone, I think, as you mentioned in the beginning, not everybody's on the same page with their definition of what delegation even means. And so that right there tells us that we just need to have refreshers and kind of get a little brain boost every so often and we'll all be, you know, right as rain. And so that's one thing that this research project is going to be addressing. It's actually an educational intervention with a CEU attached. And so that will be the start of more knowledge, just sharing the love. These are the resources that you have. This is what you need to know down and dirty. And so you can walk away after 50 minutes and be like, all right, delegation, I know what to do. And to share and to spread that information, I think that that will get people back on track. Um, another thing is that the de that delegation is linked to reducing nursing stress, really making it better for patient care overall, better patient outcomes, because it promotes teamwork and it really gets people, you know, flow the juices flowing together to get the best optimal outcomes. And selfishly for us too, you know, we need to be working at our best. We need to be not stressed. We need to be happy with our jobs and really happy in the moment and really enjoying what we're doing. But we can't have that if we're trying to do everything ourselves. You know, it's impossible. It's it's unrealistic. Yeah. And so this this the research also says that delegation will be is an effective way to address those mental health and other factors like patient outcomes. As you were saying those things, I was actually kind of having flashbacks of prior experiences of when I missed opportunities to delegate. Yeah. Um, perhaps someone was, you know, CNA who was able to help me was just sitting, waiting for someone, you know, to help someone. But here I am running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Yeah. But I really, I mean, the simplest things because, you know, and part of it is also about bulking the care that I give. So I'm thinking I'm going to give meds, but let let me bring the CNA in there with me because while we're in there, we can turn the yeah. patient and we can do other things. So it's all about working smarter, not yes. harder guys. Right. And I think right. that, com that communication that occurs and those experiences together, taking care of the patient also build teamwork. It builds trust. It creates learning opportunities. So I got better. I got better further along in my career, but I just remember early on, I'm like, wow, I missed a whole bunch of opportunities. And you guys can learn a lot from CNAs. And let me say that too, because I also, I love my nursing colleagues, but there were definitely times where I think some of the nurses thought, oh, well, the CNA is not going to know how to do that. And I think you'd be very surprised. These, you know, many of the CNAs were actually interested in becoming nurses and going yeah. to nursing school. So they were already on you know, thinking along the lines of that looks like a, you know, looks like a, a skin breakdown that looks like it might be a stage two. It's not blanchable and all of these things. But, you know, it starts with communication. OK, good. We're talking about this. You've identified some some of the barriers, some of the and a lot of the impact, negative yes. impact that not delegating can cause and have shared what some of the positive things are on the other end. You have a training program or a video that's part of your research 
project. Are we? Are yep. you able to talk a little bit about what's in what's included in the video and maybe how people can watch it and you know learn from this? And is it for just nurses? Can CNAs watch it? Who is it for? The educational video is in is sandwiched in the middle of the study. You'll have a pre-survey educational intervention post-survey and it's meant and so in that video we go through a to z anything and everything you've ever thought or didn't know about delegation it's sandwiched in that beautiful video and there are some cartoons involved a little drawings to keep it interesting and there's some music in it and you could ever desire or even can like think of knowing about delegation it's in there and it's a really great refresher for anybody who thinks they know or has no clue about delegation it's there's something for everybody in it um, you can access it on a link I believe you'll be sharing. And um, if you click on that link, you'll go right in there. You can click on that. There's an orange button that says, go ahead and proceed and join us. Um, it's meant, I'm looking for California nurses, registered nurses who work on med surge units, tele units, you know, units that have at least one to three, you know, one to four, one to five, one to six, one to eight, those types of units. I want because those are generally the units with the NAPs, the nurse assistants in them in like a more of a regular interactive role. This is part of your research project for school. So Correct. while it sounds like anyone can watch it, I'm not sure you, you clarify that, but for your study, you yeah. have a very specific population of nurses that you're targeting to help collect the data that will further the research and give us more information with how to move forward with delegation. So can you clarify for us we have the website. It's anacalifornia.org forward slash RN to NAP delegation. Let's say they go to the website, they see it. Mm -hmm. Who is it that or should or should not be clicking on the button to participate? Who, who yeah. are your demographics? So technically anybody can click on the button and enter into the study. It's the qualify the, the criteria that will that um that will be that will allow you to move forward is if you're a California nurse that's actively working in a hospital in California um, and you work on a unit that entails that involves the one to three, one to four, one to five, one to six, one to eight uh, staffing ratios. Those are the people that will actually be able to get through. And those are the people I want to hear from. And those are the people that the data will be collected from that we're looking at. I'm looking at. Okay, Lord, she said one to eight, y'all. That's a lot of patients. I know. I know. <laughs> well, in California, we have we have state mandated ratios. I know with the right. the crisis, some of that went out the window. But um, nurses, we we can stick stick to it. You're you're doing awesome. Okay, right. so good. So you've identified that. So if you're a traveling nurse currently working in California, you qualify as long as you work in those areas, you qualify to participate. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. Good. That's good to know. We know where to go. We know how the qualifications to move forward to participate in your research. And just side note. Nurses, this is really important. For one, the content is amazing and stuff that we should know about. This is going to be very helpful to us. But as well, we're also playing our part in the continuation of research and developing new knowledge that can help us advance our practice, improve our practice, and improve the healthcare outcomes for not only patients, but for nurses. Yeah. Okay, so please make sure that you participate. Now, okay, I've gone to the website, I clicked on it, I start participating. How much time can I expect to invest or need to be sitting down to complete the study? So for a typical CEU program, it's a, it's 50 minutes. And so that that's, as long, that's how long the video is. And then if you just add on maybe 10 minutes total for the pre and post survey, you should, you're looking at about an hour tops. 
Oh, good. So I'm getting a CEU out of this. Look at you're getting a CEU out of this too. A free CEU. We all you need those free CEUs. You need them to renew your license. So go ahead and do it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So good. I'm getting a CEU. And then so once I've finished my, I imagine I'll I'll get my CEU at the end. And then I want to know what the results are. How am I going to find out what's happening? Like, how long are you going to be collecting this data? And when can I tune in for some results of your findings? It's a really good question. I'll say partially, I don't know because, but, but, but wait, what I do know is that I'm going to be collecting data until I achieve uh, my ideal target sample size, right? And um, so that might take some time, but I graduate, God willing, May 2022. So at that point, I will be done with the school portion of this project, and then I hope to publish the results. So it, you're looking at about a, a year until I can really talk about the results, unfortunately. Okay. Look, guys, that's just a part. That's just how it is. Okay. <laughs> but don't let that deter you from participating and getting right. all this good information. Now, let me say this. What if I'm a nurse and I live in Florida, but yeah. I want some of this great information? Is there going to be another place for me to get it in the interim? Or do I have to wait till you publish the study to, to be able to watch the video and get some of that great education? I want everybody to know this stuff. So I hope to, my plan is to take the educational portion, just that video and have it live on the ANA's website, the ANA of California's website in their educational video workshop section. And that way everybody can see it. And so if you stay tuned, the campaign page will have updates as to what's going on and when and where. And so you can uh, check back in and see what's going on as things progress, as the data collection portion's over and as I make more progress. Okay, very good. And you guys, first, those of you who may not know, ANA is the American Nursing Association. So that is our professional organization. There are affiliate chapters in every state. And so it looks like we're targeting California. But again, she, she plans to share with everyone because everyone, this will be helpful to everyone nurses, nursing students. Sometimes people, they've been nurses for a while and they need a refresher on this thing, on this stuff, because, you know, we all could use uh, a good refresher and utilize this tool because I can tell you now, especially with COVID-19, you know how busy you guys were on the floor. Mm -hmm. I know you guys wanted some help. <laughs> so yeah. we probably didn't even have enough staffing uh, nurses to do all the things that you guys needed to do. So even more nursing assistants became very important, even more important team members as we were just trying to take care of people. I oh, learned yes. so much just from this project. There were so many things about delegation that I had no idea about. And so I think it's a really, I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not, an, I, I can't pretend to know everything about anything about it, but it was amazing how much there was about delegation that I had no idea about. So I made sure to highlight those in the, uh, in the video. And so when you read, when you, whenever you watch the video, whether it's in the study or afterwards, I really hope that those are helpful to you as well. It sounds like this would be something that's also very helpful to have in nursing schools in the pre-licensure yes. programs, especially towards that latter end when you're doing your preceptorship hours and you're almost on your way out the door, um, just so you can kind of get that extra help with uh, learning what it's going to be like as, an, as a registered nurse on the floor on your own, being able to have that delegation skill could be very helpful because listen, First, I remember my first year in nursing uh, as a registered nurse. I am almost ashamed to admit this. I remember days where I was just working, working, working. Like I, I didn't delegate properly. So I was always busy. So I often skip my breaks, yeah. I skip lunch and I would stay over charting. I, it's like, 
and I work Thanks. night shift. So it's like 7.30, I'm seeing people trickling out between 7.30 and 7.45, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I said it too hard. <laughs> All because I didn't delegate properly. Had I had yeah. a CDA help me give those baths, had I, you know, other things, I probably wouldn't have been in that situation and also gotten talked to by my manager about <laughs> my over incident over time. You guys know what happens. I'm not the only one, okay? We've all been talked to about some incidental overtime. Yeah, these are great tools. And I think there's lots of burnout in nursing. So having yeah. this skill will actually hopefully alleviate and prevent some of the, a lot of that burnout that's happening. The increase in demand on the nursing workforce, you know, whether that's COVID, increased access to healthcare, aging population, and that means that they're going to be using more healthcare resources, but then decreased supply, meaning staffing and people available to actually meet those demands. It's so important now more than ever that we do delegate because we we do need to we need to meet those demands. And so we can't do it alone and we have to work together to get there. Like you were saying before, it's it's very, very important. Right. There's no I in team, guys. OK, that means <laughs> right. I know that was kind of corny, but it's true. There is no yeah. I in team. And unless right. you want to be staying over crying, getting talk to your manager about <laughs> incidental overtime, then you'll really be stressed. You'll really be burnt out. Then yeah. we got to learn how to be better at delegating. <laughs> Yeah, they're passing their meds already. I'm still charting on like patient two. It's a bad feeling. <laughs> I know. I know. It's a bad feeling to be the end of the ship. And you've not, you're like, oh my God, I haven't charted anything. You're like, oh right. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. I know. I, and we're giggling about it now, but believe me, we were crying when it was happening. But oh, yeah. we are being very transparent about our profession and what happens. And we want to help you to be better clinicians, to be happier and healthier at work. So Thank you so much for this wonderful information. I appreciate it. Thank you also for playing a part in advancing the nursing research. We need more nurse researchers out there. So hats off to you. It's fun. I know. It's a lot of fun. Think, oh, good. See, there's yeah. the plug to go back in for more school, guys. Research. Go back. It's fun. I know some people are like, oh my gosh, research. But no, research, as you can see, it's fun. And, you know, it's necessary. It's yeah. necessary. We can't keep operating off of the same information that we had from 20 years ago. You got to right? ask those questions and question what's going on here and see if there's an alternative way, a different way to go about it. That's the only way we can advance and meet the demands because the world's exactly. changing. We got to change too with it. Good point. Good point. And let me just say, many of you guys are doing research already, research on things that you didn't know you're doing research, but I know many of you are on TikTok, you're on Instagram, you're mm -hmm. researching people's profiles and looking oh, up yeah. things, you're looking up products, <laughs> you're looking up the ingredients on your makeup, all of these other things, which scrub is the best. So you're doing yeah. research. Right. Let's pivot to something that can help advance our profession in the state of healthcare here in the United States. So, or globally, if you, yeah. there are people who do global research. So Whatever your lane is, whatever your passion is, we need you to further the research in it. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.